0: find them by means of truth in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen my dear brothers and sisters in christ not everybody is here today because they're worried about the covid 19 and uh, i was tested yesterday so i don't have covid so you're pretty safe with me I've been tested three or four times now. Today is the Sunday <clears throat> of the councils, the first seven councils, starting with 1st Nicene 325 and Sa- uh, wrapped in 2nd And These seven councils, especially for the Church of the East, are definitive. Uh, there have been other councils in the West. Uh, We don't give them that that authority unless they're quoting from those seven councils. Now, in the Gospel, our Lord and God and Savior, Jesus Christ, is talking about the Father. And he's saying in this Gospel of John, which is a beauty, he's saying that I sanctify them by means of truth. And then, another place, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's no small thing these days to know the truth. The highest form of truth is not something that we discover. It's not science, because science fails all the time. It's a word from God. It comes to the ultimate authority of truth. And we are fortunate that we have the Gospels and the Epistles from the early church. And what were they doing? They were handing down, they were teaching the early church what Christ had taught the apostles and the early disciples. And when he heard, from the Father. We have a beautiful icon in the, uh, the small domestic chapel in the monastery. It's on the right side of the Sacristy and, uh It's a, it t- taken from the Last Supper and uh, it shows Jesus uh, pressing the bread and John laying on his breast. Our Holy Father recently said that John knew the thoughts of his heart because he laid on his breast and he received them. That's a wonderful gift because the thoughts of Jesus Christ are the thoughts of the Father. And knowing them, we can be reassured of truth Pilate, when he condemned Jesus, he asked the words, what is truth? Truth is what God has revealed to us. (coughs) Excuse me. I have a Bachelor of Science at Michigan State University, and in the university, they we studied the scientific method and for the most part, uh, it was a method, all right, that they thought they, the truth is that you can make experiment, repeat itself many times, that must be the truth. Well, that can happen, I mean, sometimes. It's with organic things. What about things of the heart and the mind? How do we get to that truth? We can't experiment with it. And so the wonderful thing about today's gospel is Christ came to teach us the truth. He taught us about the mind of the Father. And he gave us the church to continue that vocation of handing down from generation to generation the mind of the Father. If we know the mind of the Father, there is no other certain truth. Sometimes I think about that, and you know we have the Holy Spirit in the church. (coughs) He's the seal of the Trinity. So I'm always talking to you beautiful people about mystical prayer. Mystical prayer is that prayer you receive from God. And it's not widely taught in the church as most people are distracted. And to receive that type of prayer, you must be absorbed in the gifts that God is giving to us. So we have a heart. And you know, your heart is a very important organ, organically, but it's even more important spiritually. As you read the New Testament, Jesus is always talking about love in the heart. And uh, when he was on the cross, they pierced his heart they came forth blood and water, which is life and life. And it's the source of the church and the sacraments. Quite a gift. And the priesthood, of course. Some of the fathers write extensively on hesychism, the prayer of the heart. And here in this monastery, we do the best to practice that type of prayer. It takes years to accomplish it. But after years, and purity, and avoiding sin, and reading the holy books, one comes to receiving from God revelations. At different times in life, they are different. But for each of us, there's a time in life when he's speaking to us. It's easier not to listen. But then when you finally fall in love with God, you want to listen. And that means you have to live a disciplined life. Some people say, all you have to do to get to heaven is believe in Jesus Christ. But in the Epistle of James, it tells us we have to have good works. And I think the greatest work we can have is our life of prayer and our intimacy with God and our inmost being. I sometimes compare this to a young couple. They're in love with each other. And of course... I've been a priest a long time, and I married a lot of people. And they decided to come in and talk to the priest about a wedding. And they were so enthralled with each other that whatever the priest had to say, and he usually gave six months of instruction, I wondered if they ever heard it. They were sort of blinded by the mystery of each other. We say they were in love. If you're not careful with that love, it can weigh you. And be very careful with that love. If you really love a person, just like Jesus died for us, you'll die for that person. If you really love a person, you want to know the thoughts of their heart. The greatest romance in our lives is God. He's also the greatest mystery. But it's in him that we find our source and love. In the Book of Wisdom, it says that uh, from all eternity, God knew you. That meant in the mind of God, whatever that is, he knew you were going to be here. And he wanted the best for you. Sometimes people don't realize that. We have the problem of all sorts of things. Everybody wants to be entertained. In our society, we work like dogs to make a living. Education is supposed to be the key to success, but it may not be. And then we become disappointed. There's a little saying among the monks that uh, there were two monks, and they both were garden, gardening. They had raised vegetables for the monastery. And anyway, one monk would look at the other monk's garden, and he would look at his garden. They would compare their gardens. And if they didn't think they were measuring up, they'd become upset. Just worry about your own garden. Worry about what's going on between you and God. People are foolish and that they waste their life on things that are negligible. Not everything is negligible. Beautiful music is not negligible. Falling in love with God is not negligible. But you might have a hard time maintaining that relationship to the point of you are looking at somebody else's garden. Sometimes I read the lives of the saints, and I say to the brothers in the community, look how lucky this little person was. I mean, they were saints for the moment they came into the world, and God watched over them so specially. And what you're saying is, I'm not so much a saint. But you are saying in God's eyes. He gave you all the propensity to become a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. And to feel in your heart the beat of God's heart. I often think about the Blessed Virgin. And she was carrying our Lord under her heart for nine months and their hearts were beating together isn't that a miracle isn't that a wonderful thought that's the way we should be your heart and the heart of god in harmony loving the gifts you've given the people who you know and love your own garden and not looking at somebody else's in jealousy you are a particular gift from God to all of us. I never met a person that I wasn't interested in. That's a gift from God. Why was I interested? Because I wanted to know how lively their relationship with God within their heart. Do they hear his voice? Do they feel his presence? Do they avoid all sin? Are they in love with God? They would never hurt him. (laughs) Yes, it's a challenge, but it's the most important challenge on the earth. Some of the fathers, Eastern fathers, they're the epitome of teaching on the prayer of the heart, they say that uh, the heart must be pure and it must be dedicated. And then God comes with his divine grace and lives in you. It doesn't mean it's always a jolly situation because God is demanding for your own good. I think the most happy day in my life was when I was ordained to the priesthood. I didn't know I was like Paul. I didn't know if I was on the earth or in heaven. It was a magnificent day. I always cherish that day in my heart, especially if I get blue or something like that or I'm not concentrating in prayer. How do we pray? the thoughts of our heart. How do we have good thoughts, that them? say, to God? By reading what the apostles give to us in the scripture. And the saints, the great saints, the great fathers. So I learned a long time ago, I'd read the Bible many times, but I sort of read it like I was reading a book. But after a while, when you develop in grace, divine energies of God, you you change. And all of a sudden, when you read the Bible, God is revealing things to you, always within the context of the true faith. So that's why this Sunday is so very crucial, the Sunday of the councils. The Fathers gave us the councils so that we'd know how to judge what is true and what is not, in the manners of faith, in moral teaching, in life. And many people have died for those truths. It's not easy to die. It's difficult. I was the military. Sometimes I was a hospital chaplain or things like that. I thought it was a very difficult job. I would go to a room one day and the guy was there, and I'd make a communion list to bring him communion. And the next day, the bed would be gone, empty. He'd gone home to the Lord. It's not always old people that die, many young people die. And I always hoped and prayed for that person that his relationship with God and the sacraments was salvific for him because he was in love with God and the church. The church is a beautiful place. This particular church is filled with art, expressing the mysteries of faith. People come here to be close to God. I told this story before, but I will tell it again. on Sundays in the seminary we would have a pontifical liturgy that's a pontifical liturgy if a bishop is present to celebrate the liturgy and anyway there were high spots and the music was really great And all the seminarians were there, and the bishop would be there. If we didn't have the bishop, we had the rector of the seminary. And uh, after liturgy, we'd go to the refectory, and we'd have a special meal. And then we could read a study in the afternoons. He said, the high point of the week was the Sunday liturgy. Beautiful. Now, at that liturgy, miracles were taking place. The greatest was the Eucharist becomes the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we poor miserable creatures receive his body and blood and we grow in love with him. And it's the food for the journey to heaven. So one Sunday, uh, the, the things were going on pretty well, and uh, the bishop had given out communion, and uh, a man came into the chapel, and uh, he walked up into the sanctuary and laid on the floor, which was unusual. So we did not bother him. The bishop finished the Mass, and everybody went on their way to lunch, (coughs) And uh, two deacons stayed in the chapel, and they went up to the man and said, Can we help you? And he says, Yes, you can. He said, I just lost my wife, and I had to find a holy place to come to be so I could be close to God and to her. So they picked him up off the floor and took. there was a cloister on the side of the chapel. They took him out there to walk and be and console him. Where else would he go? Be close to his lost wife. He had faith that she was home with God. Where else would he go to say a prayer for her? But a place where he thought God was present. This church is beautiful. And on its altar is the tabernacle with the holy gifts in it the body and blood of Jesus Christ, along with the Holy Father and the Son. There's one person that Trinity is there, the other two are also. So people come here to be close to God. I come here to Close to God. Of course, I feel close to God in our little chapel. I always feel sort of close to God. I love it. It's something that grows in you. But as you grow older, your relationship to God, to God matures, and you speak the words of faith to Him. And He assures you that from all eternity He knew you. And he is the place for you to go when your life on earth is ended because you are his special child. He feeds you on the body and blood of the Lord. You are his special child. And he left you all the secrets in the gospel and the teachings of the fathers to help you in your journey. So, this Sunday of the Fathers is very important to us. It's just not another Sunday. Sunday which we celebrate the knowledge of God that comes to us through the Fathers of the Church, the Apostles, the words of Jesus Christ, to our hearts. In our hearts is the tabernacle where God dwells. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen.